It's Jessica. And Mickey. What's what? been going on? Uh, oh, you know, just been watching a lot of shit. I finally finished. Well, I'm almost finished with Big Love. I mentioned it, I think, last mm-hmm. episode. But I had been just, like, powering through this family. And now I'm like, you know, when you, you get really into a TV family and you're like, they're all fucking crazy. But it makes you feel better about your own family insanity because you're like, well, at least they're not crazy polygamous spies, you know. It, it's really funny. But it makes me miss Bill Paxton for sure. I, I think he's, like, one of just those actors that you just, like, kind of love through everything. Um yeah. But I saw, I watched The Little Things, which was that, you know, first movie, I think, that came on HBO Max. It, it was, like, with Denzel Washington and Rami Malek and uh, Jared oh, yeah, Leto. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's, like, a murder mystery, like, crime drama. And I, I just, like, I really didn't like it. <laughs> I did and I didn't. Like, some parts of it were really cool and good. But I feel like it wanted to be seven so bad, but it didn't quite have that edge. Um, John Lee Hancock uh directed it and he he did like the blind side like i don't i kind of just want to be like who who do you think you are that you thought that you could take on this movie <laughs> that you looked at the script and you're like i can make that fucking so good and it, i i get its intentions but at the end of it i was like you want me to feel bad for him like i, I it was just stupid but it was like one of those like um movies like did he do it did he did he mean to do it like is it worth it? You know, sort of thing. Like, you know, how the end of seven, you're like, it has like such a powerful impact on you. The decision that he made. Yeah. And in this one, I was just like, who gives a fuck? Are you kidding me? Like, so I, I just, whatever. And then I saw nobody and nobody was, you know, I, another, like, you know, still in the pandemic, um, sort of, I think it like tinged on being opened in some theaters. So some people saw it in the movie theater and then it it also came available for like direct to us. And so, uh, (laughs) it's, it's directed by that Russian director who did, um, hardcore Henry, that like first person shoot him up movie. I did not like that movie. Keep going. Um, no, yeah, it makes it, it kind of makes me want to puke to be honest. Um, so, this is like in the realm of John Wick where you have this like super assassin who's like just won't die, but he's actually played by Bob Odenkirk. Um, yeah. And it's weird because I, I love him and everything. I think I would follow him. You know what I mean? Whether he's a lawyer, whether he's a, a dad, you know, whether he's Mr. Show. So it's like I, I would probably watch anything he did um and this is this is like likable it's entertainment he plays like this dad who's just like fucking fed up and then like he just goes on a killing rampage because he used to be like some super assassin for the military (laughs) because he had a home break in and they took his daughter's fucking kitty bracelet but it turns out they didn't even take it he like found it in his house like halfway through after murdering a bunch of people and was like oh here it is gosh darn it and it's it's funny but like you, I don't like any of the characters. I was like, that was, was stupid. Why am yeah. I rooting for them? Just because it's Bob Odenkirk and he's likable. But yeah, I, I liked it. I was entertained. But like, it's not John Wick. Okay, John Wick had a purpose. He, They killed his puppy that his dead wife gave them. This guy is just a fucking fed up dad. Like, fuck off, dude. No one told you to be a dad. Okay. Anyway. I, and then I the only other... Wanted- well, I wanted want, to see, it. see it. I, I, I wanted to see it until I until the moment in the trailer that they revealed that like 
he had like I, I when I when I first thought it was about a guy who was like this normal guy who just like it just kind of gets pushed around and fucking goes berserk and like I was like that's cool but when you find out that he had like I want I thought it would be more like you know like an or like a truly ordinary guy who just gets pushed to a certain limit you know whereas like when it's like ordinary guy like falling it turns down. Out <laughs> yeah like kind of like falling down but like funnier you know like that's what I thought it was gonna be and uh, when a moment when I found out that he would like had some sort of like background in like being a badass i was like i just don't want to see that anymore like i don't need to see retired badass becomes badass again it's just it's not it's not my yeah it's just it was just kind of tired uh riz is in it which i i liked he was Mm -hmm. fun in it but otherwise like yeah it was a fun watch like i probably would have liked to see this in a theater you know that probably serves a alcohol like beer wine like had a fun like escapism type of uh of night but i you know it it was just okay like i don't think it was comparable to the john wick movies to be honest yeah (laughs) um and then the only other thing i'm watching right now is lissy's story which is a stephen king um adaption on apple plus it's directed by this chilean director Mm -hmm. uh pablo larin uh he's very interesting uh he did that movie jackie a little while back with um natalie portman where she played uh jackie onassis um and it, it it's about like her after uh jfk's death and then he also worked on a fantastic woman which is like one of the best movies i've seen ever um and so this is like stephen king i i kind of wish i read the book because i i heard it's pretty terrifying um but i didn't and I'm already halfway in it, so now I can't go back and read the book. I have to finish the series. It's just, you know, what my brain wants to do. Um, But, you know, Stephen King is really big on, like, family abuses and, like, torment and alcoholism. Like, it's very very, uh, prevalent in a a lot of his stories, but uh, most of them, like, have some sort of redemption arc. So I'm curious to see, like, how this will go, but... I might have mentioned it, but it's about, you know, a writer and his wife and the writer dies by, you know, a a crazed fan shoots him. And so she's dealing with this aftermath, but there's, you know, unwritten pages. He's supposed to unlock this like parallel universe that only he has the key to. And apparently like everyone's like trying to find this reality. It's it's very strange, but I I really like it so far. So we'll see how it goes. But Julianne Moore's in it. And uh, Clive Owen, who I love, even though he looks old as shit. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> that's that's all I've been watching so far, which it, it doesn't seem like a lot, but it actually is. Big Love is like five seasons, so I've just like, right. been powering through it. What about you? I um, Well, I was telling you before we started recording, I went to the movies for the first time in over a year and a half. I got to see – my wife and I went to the Arrow, which is one of my favorite theaters in L.A., and we saw Lawrence of Arabia – which uh, I'd never seen in its entirety, you know, like I go, it's oh, one really? of those movies. Yeah. It's one of those movies you see in like piecemeal, you know, because it's so referenced and so, um, you know, iconic and you see, you know, it's like, it's like, I didn't, I hadn't seen by the time I saw Casablanca for the first time, I, you know, which was over, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I, um, I had already seen a lot of it because you would just see it in like referenced in movies. Or yeah, that's in, like, true. And Lawrence of Arabia, it, it was, it was a uh, 70 millimeter print, which was 
the way to see it. And it was in a theater and it was so fucking great. It, had, it was three and a half hours long, but they had an intermission. They had like the intro where like, you know, the theaters, you know, the screen's black for a little bit and you just hear music from the movie and then the movie starts. And it's just, it's a truly is an epic. And it was, it was wonderful. It was like, I figure if you're going to go back to the movie theaters, you might as well go back and go big. And that's what we went and saw. And I just, I really, I loved it. It was fantastic. I mean, it, it's, Again, it's one of those movies that you, even if you haven't seen it, you've seen enough references to it that you get it. Like there'll be a quote in that movie, and I'll go, "Oh my God, that's what they were referring to in this movie when they like specifically quoted Lawrence of Arabia." Or like, I mean, mm-hmm. fuck Prometheus, like the whole beginning oh, of Prometheus. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, he's watching it, and he references it, and he quotes it a lot in that movie. Um, so we went and saw that, and then I was telling you I got tickets to uh, the New Beverly, which I'm excited about because it's another one of my favorite f- theaters in LA. And um, I'm gonna go see in July uh, midnight screening of the Warriors, which you know I love that movie so much. It's, it's easily in my top 20 of all time, and um, I'm gonna see that. And then a week later, I'm gonna go see Something Wild by Jonathan Demi, which is uh, such a fucking great movie. I know everybody loves uh, Silence of the Lambs, and that's like considered his best movie but for me it's something wild it's really great melanie griffith and jeff daniels and it's and ray liotta and it's such a fucking fantastic movie and i can't wait to see it on the big screen and then my wife and i watched two episodes of the first two episodes of loki which um oh yeah it's good it's really good i'm just again it's the same thing i say about every marvel thing where it's like oh man i'm just so fucking burnt out but like you can't deny the fact that it's like it's entertaining and it's well done and it's fun and tom hiddleston is uh is fucking great and owen wilson's great always and like i I, you know it's it's got the right you know they they cast it right they they have they, they know what they're doing it's just it's i'm not like madly in love with it you know like it's one of the things where like it's i acknowledge that it's great i acknowledge that it's it's fun but there's just something that's not clicking with me yet, you know, um, which is why we're only two out of the three episodes in because it's like, we, A, we've been busy and B, it's like, yeah, I guess we can sit down and watch this. Um, I, I So I watched I, Loki. I, well, I like Loki. It's funny because I've seen that too. And, and um, the first two episodes, I think, were good enough to explain pieces of the multiverse that I didn't like were ignored in the movies, if that makes sense. Yes. So I, I like that these shows are kind of explaining these potholes that like people call out. And so... I like that this first part was like an introduction into that part of the multiverse. And I like that they have multiple Lokis and multiple, you know, different beings in in different universes. It's very fun. And it's like, it it doesn't, obviously it can't explain everything, but it like tries to at least fill those, those holes a little bit, which I really like. Um, And yeah, Tom Hiddleston is just really likable as Loki. He's probably like a perfect casting. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's, I mean, like I said, like everybody, Everything in that movie is, I mean, in that show is doing all the right things. It's just, there's something about it. It's just not, I just, like I said, I think for me, it's just that it's that burnout I feel about all these Marvel things where it's like, okay, you know, like. Well, we haven't week- even had a Marvel like movie in forever because there's been no movies. I think the next one is Black Widow, which comes out soon. And I'm actually really excited about because I love Florence. You. Yeah, but I'm thinking of like WandaVision and I'm thinking of like all these things which are basically fucking like they're long Marvel movies. They're extended Marvel movies, you know, and they're 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 not bad at all. It's just that we're like there's no I don't know. I'm just not I, I say this. I'm excited for the new Doctor Strange movie to come out. I'm really excited because it's Sam Raimi 
And um, it's also they're like, we're going to make Doctor Strange a horror movie. And I'm like, that's what I've been wanting to see, you know, like that's what I so I'm looking forward to it. It's just it's the whole like, you know, there's there's, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. There's WandaVision. There's all these things. And they're not none of them are bad. They're they're all good. They all do their job, you know, but it's just it's I'm just I'm kind of, you know, my interests are kind of straying somewhere else. Um, I watched a movie that I thought was it was fun. It was called Surf 2. Vinegar Syndrome put out, yes, Vinegar Syndrome put this out on Blu-ray. Um, it was a 80s movie called Surf 2, um, starring Eric Stoltz. Um, oh. Yeah, and it's, it, the joke is there's no Surf 1, you know? Um, and it's, it's, it's <laughs> stupid. Like a, it is. And that's the whole thing, is the movie is profoundly stupid. It was entertaining. The soundtrack's great. I had a good time watching it. Um, but that was, I mean, that's pretty much it. Like, I... Like I said, uh, Lawrence of Arabia, Loki, Surf 2. Um, I haven't really been watching anything new just because I haven't had the the, the time, you know. Um, I've got, you know, July 3rd is coming up, and uh, that's usually when I watch Return of the Living Dead because uh, mm-hmm. it takes place on July 3rd, and I'm looking forward to that. But, um, you know, I, I, I think as, as things are starting to open up again and some are starting to pick back up, I mean, there's definitely things that I'm going to want to see. Like, I, I really absolutely have to see Candyman in the theater. Um, yeah. They released the trailer for the new the Halloween. N- oh, I didn't watch it yet, honestly. Oh, no, I did. I actually turned it off because I was just done. I don't know if we all saw the same um, movie trailer for Halloween, but I didn't want to watch it. it. It Like, I hate trailers these nowadays that, like, give away too much. You see, yes. like, the, the synopsis of the whole movie, it's not what I want to see. I want to be teased into wanting to go see this until yeah. my... My brain explodes. I don't want to see the whole movie in a fucking two minute trailer, man. So I turned I it agree. off because I, I was just, I was like, why do I need to see this? I don't. I already want to see the new Halloween movie. And I, I agree with you that I feel like the trailer gives away. I turned it off halfway through because I was like, I, I feel like it's giving me, I, I'm like, I don't know this. I didn't want to know this person's going to die. I don't want to know this person's, I want to like, I want to go to the movie and be surprised. Um, like the whole opening of him, like wiping out all the firefighters, I actually thought was really good and clever. I was like, yeah, that would make sense. Like how would, how would Michael Myers handle all the first responders, (laughs) you know? But, um, after that, I was like, (laughs) I'm just done. I'm like, I can't, I already want to see the movie. I don't want to, I don't need to know what happens. Like, I agree. There's no, there is a, there's a lot. We've talked about this in episodes before the art of trailer making is not, um, it's not an art anymore. I guess it's, it's a, it's a dead art, you know, like I watch trailers for older movies and I'm like, I, I mean, I've said this before. I, we talked about this a million times. My, I think the best trailer I've ever seen in my life was the one for pink flamingos because you don't see a fucking single footage from the movie. You just hear the audience's reaction. And then you, you have man on the street mm-hmm. interviews with people like, what like, why did you go see this movie? What did you think of it? And people being like, Oh my God, it was great. It was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. And it makes you want to see this movie and it builds a mystique around it. And there's just none of that um, happens anymore. And, um, but I, 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 I want to see it. I did see. So the Candyman trailer, I did really like, mm-hmm. um, it made me, I, I didn't forget it was coming out. Um, but I was like a little hesitant, obviously, because, you know how remakes are and then this trailer that just came out i was like oh okay we're we're still on the same path yeah. like this is going to be real creepy i'm i'm excited so i do i do really want to see that in the theater too yeah i'm like i'm looking forward to that i'm i'm surprisingly for all the the shit talk i just said about marvel movies and even though this isn't a marvel movie i actually do want to see the suicide squad movie 
Um, I think that yeah, looks like James. I want to see James Gunn blow it out of the fucking water, man. Yeah, I I think it's going to be great. I think um, I think you know I can't believe I'm saying this in a sentence, but I think John Cena looks fucking great uh, in that movie. I haven't I think- watched anything. I haven't. I I want to be. I want to go into it organically. <laughs> I want to be completely surprised because the first one is so fucking bad. Yeah. I I just I know that he's gonna do it well. Um, and so I'm. I haven't watched anything about it. No trailers. No nothing. I just want to walk into it. I think the trailer gives you. Um, it, it's it's not. It's it still gives you a lot. But I mean, I don't. I don't know. I also because I think the reason why I even saw the trailers because I didn't I had no desire to see the first Suicide Squad and I didn't want to and I was like, man, this cast is so good. Like I, I guess I'm kind of curious and I was trying to convince my wife like we should go see this movie. So I showed her the trailer and I thought it was great and thought it was hilarious. And you know I like him. I like James Gunn. I think he's like he's he's of all the Marvel movies, the Guardians ones are the ones that I I'm entertained by the most, which is weird. But I I definitely think those are the ones that I, I enjoy the most and and I'm looking forward to it. I'm not mm-hmm. um I don't you know I'm one of those people that you know go sacrilegious I guess that does not give a flying fuck about the Fast and the Furious movies. My wife is already planning to go see it with her friends like they're like It's an they're, LA thing. I guess and a car so. thing. I guess so. I guess so. I saw the first one in the theater, and I remember when my friend and I were pulling out of the parking lot, and people had ju- we knew that people had just gotten out to see this movie too because they're all fucking like revving their engines. I'm like, oh my god. Also, I was annoyed when I watched the first Fast and Furious, where I was like, I was like, after the end of the movie, and people were like, that was great. I'm like, Has, am I the only person who realizes that this is fucking Point Break, but not as good, and with cars instead of surfing? Um, but I mean, it was beat for beat point break right down to the fucking ending where I was like, if he lets him go, if he lets him go drive off into the fucking, you know, proverbial wave, I'm going to be so fucking annoyed. And he did. And I was like, God, this movie sucks, but it's a modern point break. You have to progress Mickey. Okay. Uh, you know, you know know why? And and Paul Walker died for us. (laughs) So did Patrick Swayze point break is timeless. (laughs) Point Break is timeless. My wife and I were driving by. Uh, we were going to Malibu a few weeks ago, and we drove by Latigo Beach. And I started reciting all of this information about Latigo Beach that I knew. And she's like, "How do you know this stuff?" And I was like thinking, and I was like, "Oh my god, all of that information just came from Point Break because Keanu Reeves, you know, when they're talking about the different beaches and they're doing the whatever, and he mentions Latigo Beach, I'm like." I don't know how I retained all that, you know? So um, Point Break's timeless. You don't need to fucking update it. Make your own fucking car. I, and from what I hear, the Fast and Furious movies have gotten so much fun. And they're, like, they're 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 self-aware. They get that they're ridiculous. Yeah. And I, I get it. It's just that, you know, people are like, oh, man, we got to do a marathon where we just make you watch the Fast and Furious movies. And I'm like, I that is, like, the last thing in the fucking world that I want to do. Um but I, and I love Kurt Russell. I know he's in them now. I like The Rock. I love, I, I do like John Cena because I'm a, you know, a wrestling fan as well. Um, I don't care for Vin Diesel. Um, I've never cared for Paul Walker and I'm not trying to disparage the I'm dead. a Vin Diesel fan. I think you, you know what? You should go watch some of his earlier stuff. <laughs> like Vin Pitch Diesel. Black. Pitch Black is super fun. Like it's Pitch really Black. good. Yeah. So Vin Diesel's likable. Vin Diesel, the human being, I think is f- fucking fantastic. I love that he's this like dude who plays D and D and like and and you don't believe a- him as Dom though. I it's not that I don't believe him as I just look. The what was that quote 
that he had in the first movie that the moment he said it, my eyes like oh, they were rolling back so far that I thought they were gonna <laughs> pop out of my head. It's it was like, what was it? Something like families forever, like something oh, no, like that. It, but now you know, I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Oh, oh I, yeah. I lost my fucking ship. It's poetry, Mickey. No, yeah. <laughs> poetry was when Patrick Swayze is trying to convince his surfer buddies why they need to keep robbing banks. That whole fucking speech by the bonfire, that is fucking poetry. Vin Diesel, that's macho, you know. <laughs> and then, like, what was the other quote that I don't think it's in the first movie where he's like, I don't have friends. I got family. I'm like, I get the sentiment, but I just, that line just fucking makes me like, it. I just, ugh, I just shudder um i just i don't care for them i don't i also maybe it's because i don't know shit about cars and i never will like someone like i remember when my car my first car broke down like someone came down they were like what happened to it and i was like i don't fucking know like what type of car of it um, is it i'm like brown i'm like what do you want me to fucking say i know shit about cars <laughs> i don't care about cars um they're they, they get me from point a to point b um i don't know so whatever. And I say that yet. I love the movie Death Race 2000. So go figure. But um, it's just not my cup of tea. But my wife's excited about it. She's going to go see it. Great. Um, um, <laughs> there are movies that are that are coming out that are like that. I, you know, I think are are going to be, you know, they're just not out. Green yet, you know? night. Green night. I'm ready. Oh, yeah, that one looks good, too. I mean, there's like I said, there's a lot of great stuff. Um that's coming out. I'm looking forward to it. I just, I am, I am too. I think I saw Tu Wong Fu um, in the movie right. theater and that's, you know, the last movie I saw in the movie theater besides, um, oh, fuck, I can't remember. Oh, Who's was... in Tu Wong Fu again? Oh my God. Everybody. Patrick Swayze, obviously. That's all I wanted John, to say. Langu- John Languizamo, Wesley <laughs> Snipes. It's like one of the best movies I... and, you know, I, I'm well I, aware I, of the cast of that movie. I just wanted to hear Patrick. I just wanted to point out the Patrick, Patrick Swayze. Swayze is is timeless he is great he is is. but you know so is paul walker to la people (laughs) strange hey you know i feel bad for him i feel bad for his daughter but i just he everything he's ever been in i've never liked him in it even when i'm not even when i'm not supposed to like him i'm like yeah i know i'm not supposed to like him so technically he's doing a good job but i it's like i hate him like he's not a good actor and i'm pretty sure he had like a weird thing with underage girls sorry people <laughs> there you go so. <laughs> well there you go but the movies are still good yeah. r.i.p <laughs> or something <All> right. <laughs> oh god uh well do we want to talk about what we uh what we watched yeah i think we should i i am uh i loved it do you want to give us a synopsis of the uh the film yeah. we watched Yes. Uh, and interestingly enough, it's another film. We've we've covered another film by this yes. director before. Uh, actually, kind of one and a half. Um, he uh, it was Michele Salavi, who did Cemetery Man, which we did uh, quite some time ago when we were doing our Around the World. Um, yeah. Michele Salavi, he was also in our second episode ever when we did Demons. He he was the assistant director as well as the guy with the the metal face that. Um, you know, in the movie, he did his first movie, his technically his first feature film, uh, a movie called Stage Fright or Deliria or and this is the name that I'm like, where does this fucking come in at all? Aquarius. So um, any one of those names are, are suitable. Uh, Stage Fright is uh, pretty simple. It's a movie about a, uh, a theater company that's putting on this this production about this this murderer in an owl costume um and uh and then while this is happening a another an actual murderer perhaps the murderer that they were actually 
kind of chronicling in this play um, escapes from a <laughs> hospital and and basically you know as you would when you're working on a film a play about or a musical about a serial killer and he's loose you get locked into the theater and uh with the serial killer and he starts bumping off members of the cast um and that is pretty much the gist of the movie it takes place in one location for the most part um and it is a killer in an owl costume trap uh, tra- uh, stalking actors working on a theatrical play of his (laughs) murder spree um pretty simple stuff guys yeah it's it's like a great simple slasher film it's it might be one of my more favorites that we've ever done i mean and it's also like kind of funny i think italian horror like kind of tinges on that anyway there's like weird cut scenes sometimes where you just like kind of have to laugh because you're like is that intentional I, I think with him it is, um, especially because of Cemetery Man that we saw later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's really stylish. The owl costume is really great, and and obviously you know owl owls are predators. Um, there's lots of symbolism in that um, where he's wearing the owl costume and taking out these little mice of of theater people. Um, I, I honestly think I loved it. I love the score too, like a lot of keyboard and synths and saxophones. I think every movie should have a sexy sax person. We've seen it in Lost Boys. We've seen it in this. It works. Yeah, it does. I I, um, I don't I don't disagree with that. It's kind of, it, it, it and this movie's also kind of ridiculous, but like really great. Yeah, I, I I remember. You know, it's funny because I remember when you suggested it, I'd said you know it's got one of my all time favorite shots of any film, and it, it does. It's it's the shot um, where he's just murdered. Basically everybody in the film except for one, you know, the the heroine, and he's mm-hmm. he's prepared, he's stacked, he's put the bodies in place like on the stage, and the of course there's a cat which makes it through the movie. Spoiler <laughs> alert, because I would have you know I remember when I first saw this movie I would have been livid if that cat hadn't made it, but the cat steps on the the controls for the fan, so all these feathers start like floating, like flying around, and he's just sitting there, surrounded by all these dead bodies in this owl costume. And all these feathers are like kind of just softly floating. It's a really surreal, beautiful image um, in itself. And so I, I remember that was that was the, mo- the image that made me go, "Oh, I got to see this movie," and I did. And it's funny because um, I hadn't watched it since you know for for a few years now. And and when you suggested it, I was like, "Oh yeah, definitely, I love that movie." So. I, I, I was watching it and I, I've been working on a screenplay with somebody and I realized that I cribbed the entire first five minutes from stage fright without even realizing. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I was writing the scene and I was like, and I'm like fucking, I'm like really into it. Like kind of like the, the idea of like, you think that you're watching a horror movie and somebody gets killed and then you find out that you're watching a movie within a movie, you know, they did it in, um, they've done it in several things, but. Oh yeah. And, and scream too. Yeah. And, 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 and I feel like that's like one of the tropes, but that's like the, also the best thing about like theater murder movies like this. Yes. where like, you, you're not, I, I, I honestly love that scene so much because like, he's like wanting this scene and then it happens perfectly, but then you realize the horror of it, that it's actually happening. It's, yeah. it's honestly, this is really like a, a perfect film for me. I, I really do love it. Everything is like, it, it's by the book, but it's done well. Yes, I agree with that. And it, it was, um, 
to kind of go into some background, it was written by George Eastman, whose actual name is Luigi Montefiore. And he, George Eastman worked with a lot with Joe, uh, Joe D'Amato, the Italian director who also yes. produced this movie. Um, they made um, anthro, Anthropophagus, um, anthro, yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, they made that together. They, um, he wrote Absurd for Joe D'Amato. He wrote Erotic Nights of the Living Dead, which, you know, you don't even have to see that movie to already want to see it, you know. Um, Joe D'Amato, who produced it, directed Beyond the Darkness, Papaya, Love Goddess of the Cannibals. Um, and so, you know, George Eastman, you know, like I said, he was an Italian hard, uh, Italian actor who starred in a few of the Django films in Italy. And then he went on to be a screenwriter as well as he would kind of, he also kind of uncredited plays the killer in this movie. So, um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of Italian horror pedigree in this movie as is. And then the lead actress is, uh, oh God, I'm going to pronounce her name, but Barbara Capisti. Um, and she, we saw her in a movie that we watched called Opera. Argento yes. film. She was also in uh, Cemetery Man. She plays the roommate of one of the like when he, you know, he constantly is he keeps seeing the same woman over and over again, like just different mm. variations of her. And he meets this prostitute, or he meets this woman. He fall in, and she's his dream woman, and she takes him back to her place, and they have sex. And then afterwards, he goes downstairs and is talking to a roommate, and finds out that she's a prostitute, and he like he he kills them all. Uh, she plays the roommate. And she was also in another uh, Michele Suave movie that we talked about um, doing, which is The Church. Uh, she's the lead actress in that. So he yeah. uses her a lot. And then I, there's a few, quite a few actors in this. But one of the ones that I wanted to kind of point out was Giovanni Lombardo Radici, who is um, he played the actor who's playing the killer in the mm -hmm. uh, in the movie, in the in the, the theatrical version, I guess, uh, the the play version he's the one who's kind of he's kind of playing up the campy gay actor you know um he's got you know the yeah the and everything like that he was in a movie called cannibal apocalypse that i watched actually a few months ago i was i was talking about on the podcast it was shot it was an italian horror movie but it was shot in uh atlanta your your stomping grounds and uh it starred john saxon he's in that he's also in Ruggiero diodato's uh, house of the edge of the park which is not a movie that I can recommend to people, but I say it's a. I, I did enjoy it, or I did. I did like it. I oh didn't... yeah, it's a uh, Antonio Margarete, the one that fucking uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino is obsessed with. Yeah, and uh, that guy. Yeah, and then like you know, like again, Michele Suave, who directed Stage Fright, is just you know he is, you know he were he was a, he was a, his pro he was a protege of Argento's. He worked on Demons. He starred in Demons. Um, he was assistant director on Ventures of Baron Munchausen by Terry Gilliam and Brothers Grimm, because uh, both films were shot in Italy. And um, and he, you know, he's a great director in his own. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't think he's got enough output to compare him to Argento because he just doesn't have as many movies as Argento. I mean, Argento just was cranking no. him out. Yeah, it's sad because, well, it's not sad. I mean, he's obviously still working and doing stuff, but um, I feel like he does a lot of television nowadays. Yes. But uh, someone had wrote a review that he basically took what Fulci and what um, Argento uh, failed at and made it better, which I, I honestly totally agree, like, seeing I agree. this. I, I really do love it. I agree because, like, I think Argento – I think some of my favorite parts of Argento's movies are almost unintentional in the sense that like they're so like yeah. bizarre that they're like they're kind of like 
like you could easily read them as plot holes, but I look at them as like kind of like so I, I view them in a oh, this is just surreal, dreamlike, whatever. I don't know if that's intentional though. Whereas like I think with Michele Suave, he is I think everything he does is very intentional. Like you were saying that there, you know, there's there's jokes in the movie. There are like he he makes a reference at towards the end of the movie. There's something that happens with the killer that he was like, oh yeah, he's like I'm making fun of the fact that in horror movies like this, the slasher's never really dead. It's like he knows what he's doing, you know. Whereas other directors just do it because like oh, they're like oh we, we you know we got to do it because that's what they do in horror movies. He's doing it because he's like yeah that's what they do in horror movies and I'm gonna kind of like I'm gonna make reference to that um and have fun with it um i just i agree with you i think that he's so on the fucking nose so just he's there man he just he has um he does he he's everything that argento and and lumberto bava um in demons and and uh fulci like you were saying like the the, the mistakes they would make he fucking fixed he corrects them like i think cemetery man is one of the greatest italian horror films ever made um, it's truly a fucking work of art. And you can see that work of art kind of starting here in stage fright, where it's like it's just, this is his his first movie. He's using the tools that he's he's learned a lot from Argento, but he's trying to make it his own thing, which is why when he makes the church after this, and they mm-hmm. were like, Well, we want to make it Demon Three. He's like, you know what? I think this is gonna stand on its own. And it does. The church is um uh church is a it's kind of a slow burn, it's- but it is until the until the end and then you're like this is insane Mm -hmm. but it's funny because these two movies are both like locked in movies Mm -hmm. um where you know you're locked in a theater or you're locked in a church which is scarier to me um but i i love that i think i think people have like a love affair with that especially that's probably why escape rooms are like so uh popular is because we want to be locked in and scared and like think that we have the thing that it takes to get out yeah i'm a big Um, fan of, of those of movies that take place in one location. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the, 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 it's funny because the script that I'm working on with a friend of mine, it, it's very much the same thing. And it's like not, you know, one location, everything. And it's like, it's the problem when you're writing something like this is that it's challenging. Like, how do you, how do you, how can you stay entertaining in one location? And, you know, and what can you do without being repetitive? And I feel like stage fright is one of those great examples of like, you don't have to worry about that. Like, yeah, it's people being locked in a place, getting killed. Um, but there's like little clever nuances. Like I really like that the director of the play, who's this fucking like, you know, megalomaniac, you know, crazy guy. Who's just like, he, you know, this has got to be the greatest fucking film <laughs> play of all time. Um, and he kind of inadvertently locks the people in. Um, well, not inadvertently. He absolutely deliberately does it, but they do it in a really clever way where you don't feel like, oh my god, like what an excuse to just to. It didn't. It didn't feel contrived, you know, uh, to me. But I like the fact that he does in the very beginning when all this shit's going down, he does come off as like he's like he does feel guilty about. It. He does feel bad about it. He does. He's like, no, I don't think I don't think we should be separate. I think we should all be to stick together. And then towards the end, he kind of like when he's confronted with the killer, he kind of. Uh, you he know, throws he throws uh yeah. throws the girl to the wolves, dude. Yeah. But but living but but you know prior to that, like usually with movies like this, you have the guy who's just right from the get go. He's like, I'm in it for myself, and that's the only person I care about. And in this one, he doesn't do that quite as as much as you would think a character like that would do. Um, which is I thought was a nice little twist. Um, I you know I love the, I I, I, I think, go ahead. Well, 
Oh, I was just going to say, I was thinking about the ending because I'm still not sure. I mean, I like the entire movie. The ending is kind of funny to me. So there's like the ending and then there's the ending ending where he like has that trope of, of mm-hmm. is he dead? Can he ever die? You know, like the the whole thing of uh, still uh, the killer still being alive no matter what. Um, I like that he kind of made this guy who who is susceptible to the female gaze really easily and who kind of caused all of it, but also kind of didn't Uh Um, is also like kind of the hero at the end. But I like that he was like really disturbed by his own actions, even though he's like, it's exactly what I said I was going to do. I said I was going to do it, but now I did it and I feel weird about it. And then I like that she just kind of like walks off. She's like, I I'm done with all of this. I think I'm going to go heal my trauma by myself. (laughs) And it's like, it's very strange, but it's also very, it's very much an Italian. That's, you know, that to me is like uh, Jessica Harper, the Suspiria just kind of walks out of this burning school, like smiling uh, at the end of mother of tears. Also, you know, the, you know, by Argento, like Ossie Argento and the guy who survived, like they, they crumble, they, crawl out of these ruins and everything like that and they just look at each other and they just kind of like ha 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 it's all over and they just walk away and it's like man when the Italians are done with a horror movie they are fucking done like they're just like nope I'm just walking away that's it like no fucking we don't need a fucking denouement or anything like that we're just we're done like I'm laughing this <laughs> off I'm walking away see you later and that's definitely an Italian thing um, I've noticed uh I'm trying to think. Oh, phenomena! Jennifer Conley, yeah. you know, she she takes the the monkey's hand and they just walk off into the into the you know whatever together. And it's like, man, like they just it's either they don't know how to end a film or they just like I I think more appropriately like no nah, man the movie's over. What else you want? And it's like <laughs> I think the American can, really, can really learn from that. You know, like uh, uh, if you know people just fucking walked away without fucking saying a goddamn word, man. We would we would cut yeah. down a lot of bullshit. Um, I really I've, I I do fucking love this movie a lot. It, I said uh, visually, you this is the one of those movies that you can watch with the sound off, and which I don't recommend because you, I agree with you. The score is just fucking fantastic, but um, you can watch it with the sound off, and you can just you know you can get everything you need from you know the visuals, and the visuals are fucking stunning. Like it is the best looking slasher film. You know, oh, yeah. it really is Can't like it just, in the beginning. It's just so much. It is really so much fun. Yeah. I mean, I think the only thing, the bad thing I can think about this movie is that I would actually go to fucking see that play. Whatever it is they're fucking putting together, I would go see that. And it's a shame that nobody's doing something like that. Like seeing a slasher movie on stage, that'd be fucking brilliant. Um, but that's my only real problem with it. I, I, I It's a nice little for a, for a debut film. It's fucking solid it's got a great Mm -hmm. pedigree like i said a great italian horror pedigree with joe damato to producing and you get written by george eastman who's not the world's greatest writer but he gets the job done um and i think that michele suave is such a good director that any sort of flaws in the script he just he works around it uh michele suave also shows up in the movie he plays the 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 police officer (laughs) the cops I love that the Italians were way ahead of America when they were like, oh, we're going to have cops in this movie, but they're going to be completely useless. Like, yeah. they're, like we just cut to them, like, talking about, like, oh, my wife wants me on a diet, and, like, she wants me now I'm getting spinach. And they're like, oh, well, that, you know, Popeye eats spinach. Yeah, fuck Popeye. And it's like, great. This is fantastic. Yeah. This is what these cops are doing right now. Like, all this shit's going on inside, and they're just sitting in the rain in their car just talking about 
diets and looking like James Dean. It's like, it's perfect. Um, I really, I, I can't agree more with you when you say this is pretty perfect. It's, it's a fucking fantastic movie. And I, I love the church. I, I really do. His next movie, the church is, is such yeah. a, a, a well, wild. we should do that sometime mm-hmm. in the future. Cause I feel like, uh, he's he's one of like the better ones especially like when you get to late 80s early 90s yeah like i feel like he picks up not the not the slack but like he picks up with the 70s and 80s left off and like moves it forward a little bit yes um so i i think we should do because the church is really fun too it's like <laughs> it's just it's been a while since i a few years since i watched it but i think me and um our resident hater matt black who used to be on a few times uh, we watched it and I think, you know, the last 20 minutes, you're just like, holy shit. Yeah, but, but even, even building up to this, those 20 minutes are, are great. It's a great buildup because there's a lot of, you know, what I like about the church as opposed to, and I'll say this when we actually do it, but, you know, about demons is demons is more of just like, it's more of a roller coaster, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, somebody turns into a demon, they pop out, you know? Um, uh, whereas with, with the church, it's a little bit more, he's going for creepy. And I like that. Um mm-hmm. I really, really like that. And I think that he does that oh. really well. Was it totally intentional to have an actor that looks exactly like Sting in it? Because I kept, I kept looking at like that <laughs> is just Sting. That has to be Sting. Did he make him be Sting? Like, I, I have no idea. You, uh, have, you guys have. It looks exactly like Sting. <laughs> it there does. There's even like a, a photo of him. I think on one of the, you know, one of the makeup mirrors yeah. or whatever. And I was like, is that Sting or is that the guy? Because I can't fucking tell. But that also made me laugh a little bit because I was like, "Is did he just make him be like Sting? Did he cast him for this image only? Because I'm not not convinced that it was a Sting in this movie, to be honest. Well, I, I, I'm pretty convinced that it wasn't just because I think Sting was still, I think after Dune, he was kind of like in The Bride. He was kind of like, I don't know if I want to act as much anymore. That's not true. He was in Stormy Monday. I just realized that. But um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, whenever I think of Sting acting, even though I've seen him in quite a few movies at this point, I just think of him in that metal bikini and Dune and uh, yeah, <laughs> um, doesn't do it I, for you. <laughs> it's like, look, man, Sting can show up in a lot of movies, but if he's not wearing a metal bikini for no reason, uh, what the fuck is the point? You know, like, um, but uh, yeah, this is this this is a solid eighty. I mean, I don't even want to consider it eighties. It's 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 it's. It is an '80s horror movie, and it does. It is a slasher film, but it's it's something, something else. It's something else. It, yeah, you're right. It, I feel the same. It's like not. It is those things, but it's still a little bit different. That it kind of makes it its own. Like I wouldn't exactly say it's a horror comedy either, but it's like it's like somewhere in between all of these. And I I honestly really love it. It's probably definitely in my top five. I think that we've done. I think when we hit our hundred episode, we should go through and pick our picks. But yeah. this one is one of the tops for sure. Oh yeah, and like and like I was saying, I think we should do the church, and I think we should after we do the church, maybe we shouldn't do an entire episode on it. But I think we should kind of like, you know, kind of revisit just some of our comments about Cemetery Man because you really do get to see like the build to that movie, starting with Stage Fright, then the church. He does another movie called The Sect, which I haven't seen yet. Um, I've been digging around for that one, but. Uh, Michele Suave, he's pretty fucking fantastic. He's like, he just, he's got it, you know? And um, I haven't seen anything I, by him I haven't liked, which is fine because he's only done like, what, a handful of movies, um, which I think is a good way to go too, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, why fucking pollute the, your, your tarnish your work when so good. 
Um, but yeah, I, I'm a big fan of this one and I'm glad you picked it because I, I visually it's just stunning and, and that fucking costume is just so you can't keep your eyes off it. It's such just it sounds so simple, like an owl head, but it's so fucking compelling. You just you just can't not look at it. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's it's really great and it's it's very creepy. And you know, there's parts that remind me a lot of like the 70 slashers, you know, like the eye movement inside the the big owl head. It's it's really cool and simple, like you said. It's it's great. I'm I'm glad we did it and watch it. It's on Tubi, I think, and Voodoo and Amazon Prime. So this one is is really accessible. Yeah, and Blue Underground did a great fucking uh, transfer of it on DVD. That's why I, wa- I watched the the Blue Underground DVD. You should totally check it out. They, you know, I mean, um, William Lustig, who is another person we've covered, is uh, in with Maniac. He is a huge, huge Italian horror fan. So there's a lot of great Italian horror on Blue Underground releases and everything. And you should check them out. But yeah, definitely uh, give this one a, a, a shot. Woo. All right. Bye. Oh, bye, guys. I think I'm okay. <laughs> okay. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, we just this is the part where we just walk away. We yeah. don't say anything. We just walk it's away. It's like those awkward Zoom meetings that you can't end. You're like, bye, bye, bye. Or like, okay, yeah. Bye. So I, I think we should go the Italian horror route. I'm just gonna, you know, walk away like right now. Yeah. Keep. 